He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the perfect judge, the perfect defender, and our perfect savior. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Madison Sanderson. Grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's celebrate him. Hello, my fellow lovers of Christ. I, again, am super excited that you are here with me today. This week, we are covering the same topic as last week, but again, I'm going to have guests talking about different, whether verse or topics. So I'm super pumped for you guys to hear these incredible conversations that I was able to have with two of our good friends. Um, Something that is also kind of interesting and fun is that I had multiple people mention that if you take the name of this podcast and you make it an acronym, it literally would say I sat and I kind of like that and it's kind of stuck. And so you'll start seeing that and hearing that more and more uh, of the I sat with Maddie because I just think that that's kind of cool. And that is what my friends have been doing with me. They've been sitting with me and talking through scripture with me and spending time growing closer to Christ through these conversations. And I am so prayerful that you are doing the same thing too. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all the people who have been leaving reviews and comments and likes and of all the different things of that sort on all the different platforms. It is very encouraging to me to know that I'm not just making a fool of myself or anything like that, but that the passion that I have for you to know the truth of God is being sought after and is actually reaching people. So that is really, really encouraging. Um, again, we do still have the giveaway going on. You still have a couple more weeks to get involved in that. And I will give you more information about that at the end of this program. So be sure to listen because unlike what we said last week, this giveaway has turned out to be a much bigger gift than we ever expected due to people wanting to just bless other people. So you're definitely going to want to listen because this is not just a giveaway for girls. This is not just a giveaway for guys. Anybody could win. And I'm telling you, you're going to win some incredible stuff. So before we get started, as always, we have to listen to a couple of sponsored ads. So we will be right back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. So first up, we are going to be having a discussion with my one of my husband's really good friends. He is somebody that has definitely brought a lot of excitement to our life and has brought a lot of in, very incredible conversation. Um, his family means a lot to us and just the fact that we are all in school together. So we're all growing in our knowledge and just of our love of Christ together, which is really, really fun. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I do as we talk about how it is okay for you and I to one, be judged, but also to judge. 
All right, well today I have my friend Kevin Markham. Um, he is becoming a very close friend in our family and somebody who is definitely a big encouragement for my husband and I'm really excited to have him on the show. I'm excited to be here, thank you. Well, this is neat, I've I never know. done one of these before. I'm excited about I know. it. And it's, it's a little interesting at first because podcasts are not like your normal um, setup, but they're mm -hmm. fun. And so yet again, we're still talking about the same concept as that last week of uh, verses that are taken out of context. Right. And so this is something that we've kind of discussed a little bit before. And so I'm interested to see what you have to say. So what would you say your verse would be that's Gosh. oftentimes taken out of context? Man, there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. There's tons of them there's that we take out of context and we do that, you know, naturally, you mm -hmm. know, uh, we may read something for what it is, but the context we may completely forget about it or right. get it the wrong way. You know, we have pure hearts and pure intentions of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but yeah, I prayed about this and really uh, sought God out on this. Um, matter of fact, it actually came to me when I was actually at work because yes. I was going to do something completely different. Uh -huh. And then uh, this one popped up. I'm like, oh, yes, this is one that gets talked yeah. about all the time. And just like I told you, whenever you told me this is the verse, I was like, mm -hmm. praise God, because yes. this is a very common yeah. one. It is. And it comes out of uh, Matthew chapter 7. Uh, verses 1 through 5, but I'll, I'll just keep with the first verse right now, and it basically has to do with judgment. Mm -hmm. And it says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Uh, we'll go into verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with, you, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And I think, and I'm going to start right there for a second. Mm -hmm. This gets thrown about on both sides of the aisle. And I'm not talking politically. I am talking about those who are Christian and those who are non-Christian. Right. They both use those uh, the exact same amount. Mm -hmm. um, I know in a joking manner, we kind of use that too. I know I use that with my wife when I mess up and yeah. she calls me out and I'll, hey, don't you judge me, you know. Yeah. Uh, we do that in good nature. But um, I, I think sometimes, and I'll talk, I guess, kind of on both sides. Do we yeah. have enough time to do that? Definitely. Okay. Um, so on one point, you know, and I, I really want people to hear my heart, even God, I want, I want people to hear God's heart. Mm-hmm first and foremost, above anything, above yeah. all things, um, is that this is supposed to be a measuring tool to help other Christians right. to, to get back on track in their, in their walk with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think a lot of times is when we do that, people take offense to that, mm -hmm. and they automatically put up their guard, they put up that shield, and mm -hmm. they speak through that little hole at the very top of it, you know, like yeah. a police shield, they speak through that portion of it. Where they just say, you know, don't judge me. You don't know what I'm going through. And then they get mad. And then next thing you know, that relationship is strained. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also took some other verses um, on how not to do it. Mm -hmm. So That's there's good. a certain way to do it. Right. And then there's a certain way of not to do it. And one of those ways of not to do it is this. In Romans chapter 2, verse 1, you know, Paul simply states this. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on another, for on whatever grounds you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the exact same things. And so one of the things that we have to do uh, is what it says in Matthew chapter 7 also about taking the speck out of, uh, you, you try to take that out of your brother's eye mm -hmm. when you yourself need to take the log out of your own eye. Right. This is coming from a hypocritical nature. Mm -hmm. This is when you yourself as a Christian are living in unrepent sin. Mm -hmm. You're making that decision to live and sin. And so this may come up in a marriage or in a close friendship because I think us Christians, we're really good at hiding stuff. We're very, very good at putting up a front so that people don't know what we're going through. Right. But as we know with scripture, all of those things that are done in the dark are going to be brought to light. Mm -hmm. And I pray that any Christians that are going through some stuff right now, 
let's expose that sin right mm-hmm. now. Let's expose it to light. Let's get out there. No matter yeah. how much it hurts, let's get it out there so that we can be healed and we can be made yeah. new. Right? Instead of just letting it be like this little poison that sits inside yes. you that we oftentimes just think it's not going to affect us. But yes. in the end, it's like it ends up bigger oh, than yeah. if you had just expressed Absolutely. whatever you're going through. And, and, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I did it myself. Yeah. I allowed oh, that poison, so to speak just can kind of develop and grow and grow and grow. And yeah. as it says in scripture, you know, it gave birth to sin and mm-hmm. it hurt me and it hurt my wife and, yeah. and kids and everything like that too. But, you know, what we need to make sure on is that when we come to somebody and we're judging them, because Paul even does say that we are to judge other people, right. especially Christians. Mm-hmm. Let me let me make sure I get that uh, correct, is that we are to judge other Christians. Right. And so... Um, when we do that, we have to make sure that one, we do it in a private manner. So if I'm a Christian going to another Christian, I have all biblical authority Mm -hmm. to cast judgment on you in the sense of bringing restoration to what is going on in your life. It's calling out that darkness. It's pulling it out of the dark and into the light. It's exposing Mm -hmm. light on a situation, right? Yeah. Um, And so one of the things that, that I do that I've done before is I pull that person Aside, it's a private conversation with just me and that other person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I never want to do it publicly. Mm-hmm. I never ever want to do it on social media. Never, guys, whoever listens, don't do this on social media yeah. uh, or in front of other people. But you pull this person off to the side and you show them the error of their ways. Look, these are what these, this is what I see you doing. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. I see this. Everybody sees this. Mm-hmm. All right, and this is not good for you. This isn't good for your family. This isn't good with your walk in Christ. That is in which. You are to judge that person. Yeah. It's to bring restoration back to that person. Mm-hmm. Right? I mm-hmm. want somebody to do that to me. Judge me all you want to because right. I want to make sure that I get this right. Yeah. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to live in unrepentant mm-hmm. sin. So Jesus gives a charge to, to tell other Christians, I want you to call other people out, mm-hmm. but do it in a loving way. Right. Because well, if one of our mega biggest goals in life is to glorify God mm-hmm. with everything that we're doing, if you know of an area that I, maybe I'm just blind to it because, for one, like it may have never been brought up as a sin to me. I just I'm blind to it. It might be a right. blind spot. You know, right. that's the thing, and that's the the closeness of people. Mm-hmm. When you're close to them, you can usually figure out those blind spots with them. Well, and I like how you said it, blind spots too, because man, just thinking back, you know, I was in a dating relationship when I was younger in high school. And as soon as I got out of that relationship, all my buddies were like, we are so glad you got out of that relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they were like, well, this is all the things that she did. You know, she's yeah. not a nice person, you know, and I'm not going to tear that person down, but I didn't see those things. Yeah. It was your blind spot. I was, yeah, it was my blind spot. And mm-hmm. I really wish at that time I wasn't a Christian, but wish somebody would have pulled me aside and said, Hey, look, mm-hmm. I, I really want you to see the in detail of what's going on. Yeah. That's what we're to do as mm-hmm. Christians. We are to judge in a loving way to pull somebody out of sin into the light of Jesus Christ so that they can be forgiven and made new mm-hmm. and then walk on a new path with Christ to get out of their own way. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, mm-hmm. non-Christians, right? Right. So how do we approach that? Well, here's one of the things that I've always said before. If somebody comes to me that is a non-Christian and proclaims that they are this, I am a drug user. I am, and I'm pointing out sins. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's. These are sins. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm I'm point. You know, I'm, I'm a drug user. I, I'm an alcoholic. I'm 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 gay. I, I'm uh, I believe in abortion. I, I state all of these things. Yeah. Right. That coming out of your mouth is a statement of fact because that is coming from you. Right. 
right? It's coming mm-hmm. from that person. So yeah. you yourself, you're saying these things. I'm going to take it now as a statement of fact. This is what you claim to be. This is what you claim to are. That's not a judgment anymore. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that person, I could say, hey, look, this is what I know is going on with them. Not in a judgment manner, but mm-hmm. now I know that this is who you are and what you stand for. So if I come out and I say, hey, look, you're an alcoholic or a druggie, you can't get mad at me because right. that came out of your mouth. Right. Right? Yeah. Am, I, am I correct in you're saying correct. that? You're correct. So, but now I know what a lot of people will say is, you know, don't judge me on that. And the reason why they say that is, is because anytime a Christian approaches a sinful situation, mm-hmm. that person, regardless if they're Christian or not, gets defensive. Oh, yeah. And the reason why is because the presence of the cross convicts the hearts mm-hmm. of the individual. That's good. Yeah. It's true. It is true. It even happens with me. Even yeah. when I'm doing something I know I shouldn't do, and it's my wife or my friends or anybody from the church is like, you know, for one instance, I remember I got in an argument with my wife before, and I called a buddy of mine who was a Christian. And I'm, I'm like, look, this is what's going on. And he goes, okay, did you yell at her? And I said, well, well, yeah, she yelled at me, and I yelled back. Absolutely, <laughs> I did. He goes, okay, where in the Bible does it give you permission to yell at your wife? Ooh. Yeah. You that see what I'm tough. saying? Yeah. It was. And I told him from my mouth, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, he has every right to, uh, to I guess, come at me mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. But we have to look at God's heart mm-hmm. in all of this, whether they're Christian or not. And it's for this to happen. It's for love to be given and to be shown to that individual. Yeah. We show love to our Christian brothers and sisters when we come to them in private and say, Hey, look, I see that there are things going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Man, we got to bring this to light. I am truly concerned about you. I truly truly love you mm-hmm. and I don't want this to be a stumbling block for your path by any means so let, yeah. let's bring this down the light okay mm-hmm. you're too sensitive to talk about it right now that's fine but I've pressed you on it a little yeah. bit but I want you to know you don't want to talk about it right now that's fine but I'm still going to pray for you mm-hmm. and I still want to have this conversation later down the road yeah you've brought it to their attention mm-hmm. right so right. now hey maybe maybe it's a wake-up call mm-hmm. for them maybe they don't change right then and there but it is a wake-up call yeah um but I would say those those same things still apply to the non-Christian. You oh, yeah. pull them off to the side. You don't have a conversation with them on social media. Yeah. You don't do it on camera. Mm-hmm. You don't do it in a group setting where you're blasting your megaphone. You're living wrong. You're living right. wrong. That's one thing that can hurt our testimony from the very beginning is when we approach it in that manner. I agree. But I think if we can pull that person and develop a relationship to where they can at least let down some walls, mm-hmm. then we have a way in to say, hey, look, I see that there's some things going on in your life. Yeah, man. And I can tell it's affecting how you live. It's affecting the way you think, how you treat people. It's affecting your work. It's affecting your grades. It's affecting everything in your life. And it's coming from this issue that you yourself shared with me. Mm -hmm. Let me now show you how I have dealt with those same situations that you're going on. Because I really believe God will put you in the path of people where you could share your testimony. Right? Absolutely. We see that all throughout the Bible. We've even seen that happen in our lives Uh with people coming to us. But you do that. You you do life with them Mm -hmm. and you share what God has done in your life and how he can help them in their walk. And then you just continue that friendship. Mm -hmm. You just continue that going at that point. They let their guard down and they won't say, Hey, look, you're not judging me. Mm -hmm. But what I truly believe, whether they give their life to Christ or not, what they will know is they will one, know the love of God. Mm -hmm. They will love him. And it gives that person the opportunity to, to repent. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Which is our goal. That's our main goal. Yeah. Absolutely. Every day we have to do that. Um, But we also do it out of all of this. I believe Jesus wants, especially for the believer, is to do it out of obedience. Mm -hmm. Our obedience to go to the offender. Mm -hmm. Right. 
but also unity within the body of Christ. Yes. We have to have that unity. We see so much division yes. in the body. Yes, we do. And it doesn't, social media didn't need to happen for it to be there. It was already existing. It was already there. Yeah. Was already there. I mean, that's why he gives us the command not to gossip, yeah. right? But now with social media, it just blows things up and makes things so much bigger than what they are. But mm-hmm. the best way to do this so that people do not feel judged is if you can have a one-on-one conversation with them, mm-hmm. lay out your heart, mm-hmm. and then do it with gentleness, and, yeah. then, and then watch their response. Yeah. Just watch it. And you're probably using that time to also just break the stigma that a lot of people have of when you hear the word judge, we'd never carry that with a good connotation. It like Ever. in any in any right. way, shape, or form, we right. do not carry that with a good connotation. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is like if you weren't judged by God, you would not understand your desperate need for Christ. Right. So that is a good judgment, right? I think you're yes, you're exactly right when you say that because we look at judgment as a bad thing mm-hmm. when judgment is really good, depending yeah. on what side you're on. Right. And now, who's if, serving it too? Exactly. Now, if I you know, if if I get a speeding ticket, which I've done before, obviously I don't want to be on that side of judgment because right. I know I'm going to have to pay a fine mm-hmm. that's going to be pretty harsh on my wallet, right? right? But if something were happened to me and my family, mm-hmm. well, wouldn't I want justice to be carried out? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I want to be on the good side of judgment. Right. So the best thing that we could do is we could share the love of Christ with other people to know that there is a judgment coming. Mm-hmm. There is. And I know we've we've heard it. All of our lives. Yeah. God is the only judge in me. That literally should terrify people. It should. Like, it should. It's a very scary should. thing because, because I mean, our case is brought before the judge. Yeah. And he's going to look at it and he's going to go, nowhere in here do I see that you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. I, you're not getting into my house because I don't let strangers into my house. Yeah. We do it here on earth, yeah. right? Right. So, no, I, I, I don't know. You depart from me, you doers of iniquity, right? Mm-hmm. But then for Christians, he's going to look. He's going to like, look, I understand you screwed up. This is what you've said wrong. This is what you've done wrong. But it's been covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. And I see that you accepted my son. Mm -hmm. You have done my will. I see all the evidence before me. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Here comes my judgment. Well done. Mm Mm-hmm. Good and faithful servant. Yeah. Boy, that just sends chills down my spine. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so Isn't excited. It <laughs> yeah. But but that's what we want to hear. Yeah. When we bring our case before the judge, what is our case going to look like? Mm-hmm. Are we Christian or are we not Christian? Right. So when we judge, we got to make sure that we use it in the right manner. And that right manner is to love. Exactly. It's to pull somebody out of the thicket mm-hmm. that needs help, that needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. And in that, we glorify Jesus Christ. Whether they believe in Christ or not, whether they change or not, mm-hmm. it's our job to put our foot forward, to pull that person aside in private, and then tell them, hey, look, these are the things that I see going on in your life. Hey, let's. what can we do together to correct this and glorify Christ together? Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. That was good. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to go to class now. Two hours of awesomeness. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I was really encouraged by the conversation that I was able to have with Kevin, and I just hope that you were as well. Uh, This was a topic that has been in my heart for some time, and I'm really blessed to go to a church that actually covered this topic just a couple of weeks ago. And if you are interested in more information on this, go to New Life Church Fort Smith on Facebook, and you can find the sermon from just a couple weeks ago whenever um, this message was taught. So moving on, we're actually going to be talking instead of just about a specific verse or a couple of different verses that are taken out of context, we are actually going to be talking about an action that we take out of context. And this was one that 
challenged me a lot. And as you'll hear, you can kind of see my mind working through these things with the questions that I'm asking, but also some of the statements that are stated. So be encouraged by the fact that I do not have this all together and I do not expect you to either. But I'm talking to someone who is very encouraging and allows us to know that he doesn't have it all together, even though he is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and by far one of my favorite people to talk about scripture with. So I hope that you enjoy this next segment. Guys, we just want to take a moment to welcome one of my dear friends and also my teacher. His name is Mr. Philip McClure. He has been someone who is extremely um, encouraging for our family, and also he's definitely pushed Cody and I both in our spiritual walk in such a good way, and so I'm really excited to have him on the show, so thank you for being here. Glad to. And today, he's actually going to not just be talking about one specific verse out of context, but something that we commonly tend to do that is also out of context, because it's kind of biblical, but it's also not. So whenever you're ready to go. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm pretty excited about uh, joining you and certainly loving the opportunity to uh, be in great relationship with you and your family, as well as the others who are part of uh, our school of ministry. So, um, so yeah, context rules, context rules. It could be like the name of a book. It probably is the name of a book somewhere, but it's always so, so important. And, um, there's what we have in the United States church so often is people who have these phrases or thoughts or pithy sayings that kind of have some truth mixed in, but they're not really the end all be all. And so they, the, the not having context allows for weak or poor teaching to happen. And, and one of the ones for me that I hear so have heard so many times as a pastor over several decades is, well, I just really feel peace about this. I just really feel peace about it. I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have any problem, you know, cohabitating with, with, with the, uh, you know, this, this girl that I'm dating, or I, I don't really, you know, have any sense of a problem with these passages because I feel at peace about the sin that I'm committing essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just frightening to me how often people will end up in that kind of a spot. Yeah. And so how do we define peace? Because we, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And mm-hmm. we have so many verses that talk about peace. And I think that's where people get off the rails without a real solid handle on scripture, without a real context and definition from scripture, from God about what peace is. They know God gives peace. They know he's the Prince of Peace. And so they then assume that any feeling that they have that they would label peace is somehow a sign or a directional help uh, for decisions that they might make. And peace, I think, for a lot of people is just kind of this idea of this absence of bad happenings. You know, yeah. I, I feel good about stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so it's just it, it's just so it, it's so light. It's peace light. Um, and so instead, you know, in Hebrew, we have the word shalom and it's so much more nuanced, so much more complex, so much more valuable than just that idea of the absence of some bad things or the presence of a good feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it's used to cover the whole batch of ideas or states or behaviors, you know, of peace and justice 
for others, not just me, good health and safety and well-being and spiritual prosperity and equity and security and favor and friendliness. There's just so much, everything about that right relationship with God, not just some feeling that I have in my gut, but a certainty that I have about who I am in my relationship to Christ based on what I know really in the word. Yeah. And so ultimately that's really only possible when somebody's life belongs to God. Not just that a feeling belongs to me and I call it peace, so it must be okay, but that I belong to God and he's the source of this goodness, which includes peace, um, even when he's calling me to do something sacrificial. Yeah. <laughs> even when I'm having to go through some, some you know, challenge of some sort. And right. so I, was, I had a couple of verses in mind to share that, that do talk about peace and then just say, what is the context or what, what are the things we learn about real peace you know, in Christ. And so Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, right, God gives us the gift of faith. So we appropriate that the Holy Spirit applies the, the finished work of Christ. And there we are. And since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. We have peace with God, only with God. Do we have peace? Mm-hmm. I can't have peace without him. Right. It's not a I don't go to the peace store and get a new batch of peace and walk <laughs> right. away from the source and somehow get through the day, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and we have a ton of decisions to make. And so people, I think a lot of times are looking for, if they feel conflicted over a decision, then whatever sense of resolution or idea of where they might take it is what they would then identify as peace. Yeah. And, and yet that's just not reliable. It, n- nothing that's in us, and only sourced in us is going to be reliable. What we yeah. find in scripture is reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so saying I have peace about a decision is this claim that takes our decision making and our emotions as signs of God's will instead of saying, what does God say about peace? And so another passage that talks about peace very directly is, you know, in Isaiah 26, 3. Um, it's, you know, the, the person speaking to God in the passage, he says, you, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so it's not lifting up human emotion or decisiveness or logic as giving us peace, but God's the giver of peace. And, and he gives that peace as we are trusting in him. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, beautiful prayer, instruction about prayer. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation and everything, by prayer and petition, talking to God, bringing our needs to him with thanksgiving, another form of prayer, present your request to God. And so the whole idea here is what? I'm being dependent on God. I'm bringing right. all of my needs to God. I'm bringing other people's needs. I'm bringing praise. I'm saying thanks. And so I bring those. And then it says, and the peace and the next words and so the peace doesn't come separate from dependence and and declaration of that dependence it follows it and the peace of god will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus and so what's really happening here is a follower of jesus is praying they're talking with god about their situation all their needs they're coming to uh, him and actively trusting him and as they actually do that then god gives peace that impacts their thinking and their feelings Mm-hmm. And so then you've got, you know, God's decision making can produce peace. Yeah. This peace doesn't lead to good decision making, it, 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 making good decisions that the word says we should make produces peace. Mm-hmm. Our decision making is not the producer. God is the producer. Right. 
And so our decisions can be submitted to him. And we look at God's clear character and his commands, what, what he's shown us about who he is and how we should be. And the more aligned we are with him and how he makes decisions and what he calls us to do, we put ourselves in a place where real peace can be produced, even though that might be some very difficult things that he would call us to that don't feel good. There, right. There's a peace in us about I'm, I'm wrapped up in God. I am, <laughs> I'm found in him. I, I live in him. My mind is on him. And even if he calls me to die for the sake of the gospel, if he calls me to ministry in the 1040 window and, and, I, and my, my death is the result, the peace cannot be taken away. And I yeah. don't think most people, if, they, if God kind of unveiled, you know, his plans for them for the next six months and they'll be dead at the end, I don't think most people would feel good about that. Right just in their natural emotions, but they might be very excited about being able to mar be a martyr for the cause of Christ. If indeed they have a mature faith. Yeah. Cause a it's lot of times I, I can definitely attest to being somebody who had done this uh, very mm -hmm. early on in my walk is understanding that like what you were saying that you have to go to God, like you have to talk to him and he is the one who grants you the peace. Because a lot of times I would have been the person that sat there and had two options and I think right. on them and sure. I think and think and be like, well, what one do I feel the most peace about? Because clearly that must be the one that I'm supposed to go with right. Right. and basing it like you were stating 100% on my human emotion. And that's, I mean, in so many other areas, we can't really go based off of our feelings. Right. And, and you might be right. Like if you follow that whole, you know, that whole perspective you just tossed out, which so many people do. Um, and, and I appreciate, you know, saying early in your faith, cause I did the same thing. I did that a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I counseled people to say, well, which one really gives you peace now? As I grew as a minister and grew as a follower of Jesus, I came to the place from like, well, do we know it's sinful? Like you don't have to pray about which bank to rob. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> The answer is none, you know, right. but, but once I've qualified that against the scripture, I know it's not sinful and it doesn't go against the character of God and it doesn't cause me to walk in disobedience and doesn't pull me away from church and fellowship and service. If I know those things and I've got a couple of good decisions, then I honestly believe you can go to either one and they'll be fine because yeah. God's God really only has one will that he constantly constantly lifts up in scripture and it's to make his people more like his son mm -hmm. christ likeness is the one will somebody's like, i really want to know god's will he wants you to be more like jesus yeah mm -hmm. yeah but i mean which person i should marry well are they going to help you be more like jesus no no which job i want to take well which which one helps you be more like jesus and if there's not a differentiation if there's none of them that are asking you to be unethical then go for it um yeah saint augustine said love god and do what you want Mm -hmm. Now, it's taken out of context at times. Interesting. Just <laughs> right. Book taken out of context. But it's just, it, it really lines up with Psalm 37, 14, you know, that, that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, because my heart's all caught up in him. Right. That's where I'm going to go. He's and the I think desire. It's so important to see in scripture, there's a lot of times that God calls somebody to do something. We are 100% sure God is the one calling. God is saying, go do this. And they do not feel peace about it. Mm -hmm. So feeling peaceful is very different from having the uh, a supernatural peace of God put into you. You know, you've got Moses. God audibly speaks to him, says, go, you know, serve my people. To He has no peace about it. He makes a whole roster of excuses about to not doing what God is asking. Right. And so there's no peace in, that's evident in him. 
but what we know is God was actually there and, and at work with love and purpose for him and all the rest. Um, and so for us, I mean, we almost all, we, we probably have moments where God calls us to go do something and, and we can qualify it against scripture or we, we just know that it is scriptural. Like I don't even have to go study. I know that it is the truth. And so then I don't feel good about it. I don't like the idea, but I'll go do it. Things like God's, you know, essentially instructing us by the word to, to go and apologize and ask forgiveness for a mess mm-hmm. that I made. Well, I don't feel very good about that, but it right. is definitely something he wants done. Lay down mm-hmm. your hobby for a couple of days and serve your neighbor who's moving in. Yeah. Most of us would miss that altogether because that doesn't feel so good. But the mm-hmm. point is, it's this supernatural piece that he really a whole other one. And, and this should be constant in the life of any growing and maturing believer. It's when God's spirit, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and says, hey, confess this so I can forgive it and apply the blood of Christ and move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, that certainly doesn't feel very good, except when we are in right stead with God, then here comes that, that peace that comes from it. Yeah. Um, doing uncomfortable things is a big part of the job description of a pastor. I don't think a lot of people think about that. They think about the Sunday morning service, but not all the other pieces. Maybe they think about funerals, but you know, marriage counseling, church discipline, yeah. Uh, challenging people to actually examine their calendars and their finances in light of gospel ministry and not personal preference. None of that feels really comfortable. And yet it's, it's, it's what we're supposed to do. And yet our culture is always saying the, the opposite, you know, people, you yeah. know, so many times I've had people that say, I feel peace about this. And I'm like, you're wrong. Like it's not, it's not even an opinion versus opinion. This is human versus divine. And we know it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, the great philosopher Percy Sledge, for those who are too young to know this, he was a singer. He said, I didn't know that. <laughs> he, he sang, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If mm. being right means being without you, baby, I'd rather live a wrongdoing life. And so you just have, you know, it's not just opinions, but it's, it's part of our culture that, that says, hey, you know, we should go do what we want to do as long as we feel good about that. And there's so many love songs and they're awful. They're terrible, yeah. terribly out of line with God. Brian Adams, you know, he, he wails his love and essentially says, I'd lie for you and die for you and whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, I'll commit perjury for you. I'll, I'll, I'll commit right. felonies on your behalf because I love you uh-huh. so much. Uh, Justin Timberlake claims every time she falls, she'll land in his arms. But if you're falling off a burning building, do you think... He's actually going to catch you because that's not going to work. And so it <laughs> sounds good, but it's just not, not true. And so, right. you know, there's so many places where we, our emotions can be affected by so many things that we, we fail to account for a, an empty stomach, an unfair grade, a jerk in traffic, uh, you know, you're mm-hmm. a bed, the bedtime you don't want to keep. Uh, yeah. You know, so you got divorces and, 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 you know, so many choices that are made because, oh, I think I'll feel m- more peaceful. I think I'll feel more happy in this other situation. And so trusting yeah. our emotions, not what we should do. You know, Jeremiah 17, that our, you know, our heart is wicked. Um, John Calvin talked about our heart being a forge for idols. We make our own. And so really the bottom line is that God is the one who's the source and the one who gives peace. And that our choices and actions can access that peace 
Um, but it's just so crucial for us to understand he's the source. And that peace really only comes when we go to him, when we're in him, when we're in his word. Um, you know, number six, 24 and 26 is this beautiful blessing that's been used in worship for, for millennia now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. And so it's about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And look, oh, one of the byproducts is this peace. Mm, um, yeah. And it's echoed in Psalm 29, 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people. He's the source. He blesses them with peace. So he's the source. And Jesus, you know, ultimately spoke of it plainly and directly to his followers in John 14, 25 to 27. He says, look, I'll, all of this I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. So it's all about this instruction he's given, the discipling of the apostles and the people around him. And then he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not your peace, mine. Mm -hmm. And I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. He, he knows that they're going to be walking into some difficult, dire, just terrible, distressing situations. And what he is saying, right after he tells them he's going to go away, right after he says, hey, by the way, fifth, twelfth time I'm telling you that I'm going to go suffer and die. And then he speaks these words. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry. Still yeah. going to be here. And I'm going to produce peace in you. So he's the one who says it's my peace. So he owns it. He is the peace and he gives the peace. And so whatever, whenever we're trapped by this temptation, we have pain, we have difficult, serious circumstances. What we rely on is not how to get through the circumstances, but how to stay close with Christ. And we keep reading the Bible. We keep praying. We, we keep either, I used to say this a lot, but we keep either dancing or dragging ourselves into worship. Mm. If, if it's a good day, dance your way in and have a great time in worship. Yeah. But if, if it's not a good day, drag yourself into worship and get there and just absolutely give it. And um, one last verse is Isaiah thirty two seventeen: The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The fruit of of righteousness. So I got to plant, walk in, practice righteousness. And when I do, then the fruit of it, what comes from it, the byproduct is peace. The effect of righteousness is quietness and confidence forever. I don't have to advocate for myself. I have an advocate mm. um, and it never ends. And so that fruit of righteousness, that result of faithfully walking with God is his peace and the confidence we have in him and it's forever and there's nothing that can take away from it in any way, shape or form. So you would definitely say, well, I'm not going to say for you, you're able to obviously talk for yourself, but um, one of the situations that I know that I hear people mention peace the most in, in regards to being a believer is when mainly like if a family is going through a hard time, whether it was a death, whether it was a, sickness or um whatever it might be and they say you know we're we're praying for peace for your family you would that's not going against what you're saying right now right. that's not necessarily right. that's asking right. for in a situation where we are not able to muster up the the joy the peace whatever it might be it is having to come straight from god absolutely it's a beautiful prayer. And I think ultimately, if that's what I really want for them, I'm not just praying for God to hand it to them. 
I'm, I'm going to ask God, please, will you provide them with the peace, the care, the, the, the healthy grieving to, mm-hmm. to go through when, it, when there's a loss? Um, but ultimately, the depth of my prayer, the really the source, as we know it in Scripture, is I'm going to just ask that God show himself to them, that they be open to him. Um, mm-hmm. If they're believers, I'm certainly going to say, hey, just keep turning to the word. And, and to be honest, as a growing believer, you need a, a small batch of verses you could turn people to. Um, you know, as a pastor who's done so, so many funerals, literally, when I go to where somebody's grieving, I take the little handwritten manual that I have created over the years, and it's, you know, Isaiah 41 and and um, some of the Psalms that talk about God giving rest or, you know, sleep is the term it, it used to re- relate to the idea of peaceful passing. And so you got to have that little batch of verses you could share with somebody, but ultimately you're going to point them back to the source. You're going to pray they pay attention to the source. You're going to pray they start to notice the source. Um, because when you want peace for them, from a mature perspective, you recognize I can't give it to you. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I want to, I can't give it to you. But I can point you to the one who has it and wants to give it to you more than any of us understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that that also helps take some of the weight off of us because we oftentimes feel like right? we need to have the right thing yes. to say. And it's like, I don't, but I have a God and he, yes. he can do that. Yep. Beautiful picture. I, I will just tell you, the more I study the word and really take, take it at its face value, the more I study the word and make sure I understand it in its context, there's, there's a lot of, it's so funny because I've been saying this for like seven, you know, the last seven or eight years, finishing my doctorate, that, that whole point, I didn't need the doctor, I didn't need the resume, I just did it because I really wanted to get better at ministry. And, and one of the things I've said in the last eight or 10 years has been the more I get wor- the word in context and understand it, the more peace giving it really is. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. It's so funny. I hadn't thought about that connection to kind of the theme of of what we're talking about. But but it it does. It gives me peace. It take it relieves pressure. I I don't have to perform. I don't have to make somebody believe Jesus. I just need to share the gospel with them. Right. I I can't I don't have to make them feel better about everything. Uh, My best work is going to be done in the chapel rather than in their their living room, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and so, yeah. And when somebody's hurting, when they're struggling, the very best thing I can do is bring them back to the one who, who says my peace, I give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that because that, that ties in with uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did episode called you were not enough. And it basically, it's that, that it's that feeling that we so desperately want to just right. like feel the peace within the awkward tension of living living on an earth that we don't belong on mm-hmm. you know and so I, th- I think that what you just said it nails it it's you know you our purpose is not what we often want to believe where you know we are the purpose but it's no where our purpose is to grow in Christ and to sure. proclaim the gospel in right. anything and everything that we're doing right. and that surprisingly like what you're saying Cody and I have been talking a lot about how we have been going through and like learning hard things from the Bible that we don't necessarily want to learn, but we love learning it because you do start getting a piece about, you know, that I might not like this, right? but I know that this is truth and I'm going to cling tightly to that. And I'm going, God does grace you with a piece about it. You do like, there finally came a time when I just got to the point where it's like, yeah, I, this is okay. Right. I don't, I don't understand how it's okay, but it is. Sure. 
you know, and that's that kind of, again, it kind of relieved some of that pressure. Sure. And at the core of that is ultimately a trust in the one who's fully trustworthy, the one who cannot mm-hmm. fail, the one who's yes. perfect and proven. Um, you know, our, our pastor, Pastor Marcus, was, it mm-hmm. was talking just the other night at a life group leaders training. Um, and one of the things he just reminded people about just a ministry principle that's so fantastic is if somebody comes to you just for counsel, just for, you know, Hey, help me with this. If the, the desire on a lot of people's part is to try to be enough, like, you know, to play off of that, what you're talking about with the previous episode, they -hmm. want to give them the peace. They want to give them direction. They want to give them an answer. Yeah. And, and he said that, you know, the challenge is somebody comes and kind of pours out a challenge and, and they're, it's noble, it's good. They're coming to somebody with a right desire to really, you know, come to a good result. Um, and he said, and so if you then become the one who gives the answer, then, then who they're impressed with is you and who they kind of praise and say, oh, you know, what really helped me was, you know, Jim, when he, gave me the answer to it mm, and yeah. he said he said you got to fight the the that little slice of pride that's in that mm-hmm. and what you say instead is you know the answer is really in the word and you know the passages that come to my mind that I think apply for your situation are this and this so man go read those passages and you know pray over those passages for a few days ask God to show you what they really mean and you know and if it has to do with the relationship get with that person and pray over those and he said you know if you're pointing them to the source now ultimately if that all gets great they come to you come back to you and say man that was so good so you know appreciate that so much is this what that really says and they may want confirmation but the bottom line is what they're impressed with and what they have been driven to as their source is god's word it's him yeah yeah well it's just yeah and to encourage those that don't necessarily know they don't have a lot of scripture memorized because that can sound very scary of, okay, well, I don't want anybody to approach me then because I don't know where to point them. Right. That's an awesome time for you to also just take the time and say, I don't have, I don't have an answer. Yep. Let's learn this together though. Like yep. let's both dive into this, yep. you know, and that's something that I was shown by a mentor a long time ago and it spoke volumes to me and it's something that I cling to yep. because I don't have all the Bible memorized. And so sure. it's hard for sure. me. But oh, I yeah. love being able to walk hand in hand with people and show them that there is an answer in scripture because right. God breathed it. Yeah. I, and I think it's so important as we grow, we do need to do. So, you know, find and get hold of great um, resources that the church has has created for us over centuries and millennia. Um, yeah. and for us, it might be something from the last 50 or 60 years because language is different than, than in the 1600s, but some of the truths are the same. So the bottom line I'm, I'm getting at is there, there's a fantastic book called one to one Bible reading. And, and the whole book is, it's a very small book and there's only about, I don't know, 25 pages to read on the basic concept, but it has to do with sitting down and doing exactly what you just said, sitting down and reading the Bible with somebody and, and then the other 50 to 75 pages in the book are just all a reference manual. If somebody has questions on this topic or this topic or this topic, here's some passages to study together. Or if somebody's wanting to be trained as a leader as opposed to exploring Christianity. 
Um, you, you know, that just give awesome some book. tools. Oh, so, so good. It's just really, it's called one-to-one Bible reading. Another one that's striking to me, um, Teresa and I went through ministry training in fall of 1990. And one of the things we had to do was start memorizing our way through a whole packet of, of uh, scripture memory cards. There were no cell phones. Don't, don't anybody freak out, but there were no cell phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there were these little cards and they're in this little brown plastic packet. And I still, we both still have ours. And so um, we started out, well, what it was, was it, it was, it was, I think 64 verses total. And so there were two verses on how, um, you know, Christ is the center of everything and two verses on the power of the word and two verses on, you know, really good praying and two verses on the importance of fellowship, two verses on worship. And so there's always this pair and a lot of them were Old Testament, New Testament, back and forth. But we've start memorizing those. So we started working on those in 1990 and I probably still have 35 or 40 of those, you know, that I, I still review in a scripture memory app that I use now that we do have cell phones. But all that said, I, I, that came over a long period of time so that those are now available. And so I think as we grow and mature, we come to the place where we can more readily have immediate and on board some things that we can speak to someone, not because we are so super knowledgeable, but because we have decided that growing in scriptural knowledge is a worthy way to give glory to God. And again, not to point him to us and people to us, but to point people to, to him. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the other factor that's joyful is if you say to somebody, if somebody asks you a question, you're like, gosh, that's a really good question. And can I get back to you? Like, I, I want to make sure I get, you know, a good scriptural answer for you. I might want to call a mentor to do some, you know, go to my study Bible and kind of look some things up, but I just want to make sure I really give you a solid answer. And so what you're doing is you're, you're modeling humility and teachability. Yeah. And so you walk away not because you failed. You walk away because you are diligent to study the scripture and show yourself approved. So now I'm going to go to the word. I'm going to find the word. I'm going to take them back. And guess where I'm going to take them to the word. What did I show them when I didn't know? Go to the word. What Mm -hmm. did I give them when I came back? How to go to the word? What words to go to? So, so yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you were wanting to say? Oh, there's so much. We could talk for (laughs) weeks, but no, it's been fantastic. It would be my joy to come back and be a guest again sometime. Um, Definitely. Just absolutely love it. And, um, and yeah, just context always rules and scripture Mm -hmm. interprets scripture. It's just so crucial for all of us to say, okay, there's a, there's a, uh, an apologist um, named Greg Kokel. This is the last thing I'll say. He, he says, never read a Bible verse. And what he means is never read just one. Yes. Read the sentence that. before it and the sentence behind it, or the paragraph before it and the paragraph behind it. Look, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not quite familiar with that book, go to the, um, you know, in your study Bible, go to the part that tells you about the key themes so that you can get the bigger picture from scholars that can help you as you're growing in your knowledge of the word. But mm-hmm. never just read a verse. Never just quote a verse out of context. You, you, you know, can, can somebody say, Hey, what does that verse say? And I can just quote the verse. Yes. But if they say, what does it mean? Well, I can't just quote a verse. I need to give some sense of context, not because I'm smart because I want to show off. No, no, because I ne- we never want to take the word out of context. Exactly. Yep. Well, yeah. Thank you again You're so welcome. much for giving up of your time. Oh, glad uh, 
such a good topic, such a good topic. And obviously you are so much well versed in talking about it than I ever could be. So <laughs> I, I am I love grateful. It. I appreciate it. All right. It. Well, thank you, Mr. Philip. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. So is your brain blown just as much as mine? I was trying to find a sound effect that was like an explosion or something like that, but it all just kind of made it sound like your phone was crashing and dying and I didn't really want that. But just know like my brain is complete mush after that conversation, but my heart is extremely encouraged and it kind of made me want to go and read through all the different prayers that I've done in my life and really concentrate on where in the world did I start believing that and where are the areas of my life that I still believe that, but that, as we stated, that's not correct and that's not biblical. And my my strife in life is to, or my striving in life is to be as biblically sound as I possibly can. And so... That's an area that I still struggle with. Not nearly as bad as I used to, but definitely more than I thought that I did. So I loved having Philip on here. I loved having Kevin on here, and I hope that you did too. And I really hope that you've enjoyed these last two weeks. This is going to be an episode that happens at least once a month, if not more, because I'm just seeing the depth of basically this pit that we've created that is full of verses taken out of context. So just because we've only covered a couple of them does not mean that those are the only ones that are out there. So this is something that I would like for us to discuss. I would like for us to truly dive into. I would also love for you to give me feedback on what are verses that you yourself have either taken out of context or you've heard a lot of people take out of context. Maybe you've seen it taken out of context. And I like to have these conversations and it gives me more of an insight as to how other people view the Bible, scriptures, verses, whatever it might be. So I highly encourage you to give me that feedback, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through text message if you have my phone number, or whether it's through Instagram direct message. Uh, Any of those is perfectly fine by me. You can also asking reviews. I don't mind that either. So last but not least, we have our giveaway, which is, like I stated, much bigger than I ever expected. I mean, you are going to be getting multiple books of all different kinds. You're going to be getting multiple movies as well for you to watch and to help you grow. They're ones that all of these have been read by me and have been watched by me and have been recommended by other people in such good manner that I knew that it needed to be in the hands of other people as well. So not only that, but there will be a few other things, like I stated before, that have helped me supplement my Bible study time as well. So keep paying attention to my Instagram, whether it's through this story or whether it's through the page itself, which is mayhem underscore Maddie. And you will be able to see little snippets and sneak peeks as to the things that you will be getting if you win. So how do you enter? Well, it's super simple. You go and you leave a review on any platform. The Whatever it is that you listen to the most, leave 
a review on there. The reviews are super helpful for me helpful for me to get my podcast out there to more people because as Cody stated last week, we want to share the gospel with as many people as we can. And this is one of the ways that God has blessed me to do so. So I pray and ask that you will please just leave a review. Um, It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to also be like the nicest thing. But if you have a mean comment, I would prefer for you to just come and talk to me about it on the side. But if you leave a comment or review on anything other than iTunes or Anchor, which is the platform I use to record my podcast on, please do a screenshot and send it to me in some way, shape, or form because I don't get notified otherwise. And I would like for you to have your name in the drawing as many times as you have left a comment. So for each review, you get your name entered in three times. I have somebody who has their name in multiple times because she went on anything that she possibly could and entered in. And so I want you to also be that person because I want you to so badly have this stuff that is free for you and will absolutely rock your world. I'm not even kidding. These are things that have changed my perspective and my point of view whenever it comes to how I approach Christ, and that's what I want for you as well. There's other ways you can also enter. Anytime you see me post a picture of a giveaway, whether it's through my story or whether it is through my Instagram or Facebook page in general, just a post on those, if you share it and you do the hashtag, I sat with Maddie, M-A-D-I, then you will have your name entered in one time. So for each time that you share it, you will have your name entered in each time for each share. So it's really simple, but it definitely is helpful for me. So thank you so much for spending more time with me and for sitting with me. And I cannot wait for you to hear what is on next week's episode because this one is going to be a hard hitter and it is going to be a gut punch for sure. So I love you guys, and I pray that you are just enjoying this gorgeous weather that we're having every afternoon, and I pray that you will go and praise God from whom all blessings flow.